Welcome to Coaching the Whole Educator, the podcast that helps instructional coaches, teacher leaders, and school leaders. I'm Becca, former educator and school coach turned transformational coach of coaches. I'm on a mission to help you improve your educators' effectiveness and resilience, especially the ones who need it most. Each week, we'll cover quick tips, strategies, and coaching mindsets so that you can be on top of your coaching game. Are you ready? Let's dive in. And now a word from our sponsor. Hey coaches, have you ever wished you could clone yourself to save time? If your answer is yes, the Sydney platform might be right up your alley. With my own work, I use the Sydney platform to connect with my coaches and leaders and stay organized when I'm not there. The app is super easy to use and I love the video feature where teachers can film lessons and coaches and leaders can record video reflections. This app saves me a ton of time and is a game changer in terms of being able to truly connect to my people in between visits when I'm not there. I can even stay organized with the individualized resources section for each person I'm coaching all in one place. And I don't know about you, but I like to try something before I buy it. Because of that, I've gotten Sydney to let you try the platform for free first to see if it's actually a good fit. If you're interested, go to sydney.com front slash TWE to check it out and claim your free coaching package. That's S-I-B-M-E dot com forward slash T-W-E or click the link in the show notes. Hello, 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 coaches and leaders. I am going to be talking to you today about New Year's resolutions. I am recording this at the end of December and something I've known for years is statistically, most people do not complete their New Year's resolutions. And so I decided to make a podcast episode about this. Here is a crazy, striking statistic. Researchers suggest that only 9% of Americans that make resolutions complete them. 9%. They also say that 23% of people quit their resolution by the end of the first week and 43% quit by the end of January. Isn't that wild, right? And we just keep making these resolutions every year. So I wanted to keep you informed about why you are most likely not going to keep your New Year's resolution and how this relates to coaching and leading in schools. So the first reason why New Year's resolutions aren't kept is the changes are too big. They're not chunked enough into incremental steps, small enough steps. So what we want to do is we want to drop the idea that we're going to quote unquote, turn over a new leaf and really look at what are the small steps it's going to take to achieve our goals. So you can think of that in terms of your New Year's resolution, or you can think of that in terms of coaching, right? Sometimes when we're in classrooms with teachers, um, big changes need to happen. And it's easy to say, we have to change all of this stuff, right? And one of the things I'm constantly telling people is tiny tweaks and micro movements. That is what research says actually causes sustained behavior change, not higher overhauls. 
if your New Year's resolution is to lose 30 pounds, don't just set off to lose those 30 pounds. You want to map out over the entire year, over the entire time, you want to be losing that weight and chunk it out. How long is it going to take you to lose the first two pounds and then the next two pounds? So the next reason why New Year's resolutions aren't easily kept is we're not connected to really why we're making the change. One of the things often that happens is when we make New Year's resolutions, we focus on what we think we should do, and we're not focusing on what's really in it for us. One way we're more likely to change is to get at the heart of our internal reason for wanting to make that change. So you could think of this as our values is the why and not the shoulds. So, and, and the shoulds are or something that usually comes from societal pressure, societal norms. I should spend more time volunteering. I shouldn't drink more than one glass of wine. Often these shoulds become our goals, not because they're important to us, but because we create a belief around them. Like this will make me a better person. This will make me more liked, more attractive. All right. Or sometimes we're misled in even what we think will make us happier. So we want to just make sure we are focusing on what we really value and why we value that. And, you know, the, the thing that really relates to coaching, I think this is, I, I think this is pretty obvious, but I want to make the connection to coaching in schools, right? If our educators are not connected to why they are making the change, no matter if we know why they're making the change, if they're not connected, not even know why, but connected to the why. If there's not a, mu a, a mutual purpose to them changing, they are not going to sustain that change. And most often that is the reason why change is not sustained. Okay, or, or they're doing the horse and pony show when you walk in and go back to their old ways when you leave. So another reason why we do not sustain our New Year's resolutions is we're probably not ready for the change. So there is a change model, okay, and it consists of five stages. There's, by the way, there's lots of change models. I love change models. I'm a geek about it. Okay, so, so this is just one of them. And here are the five stages. I find them really interesting. So the first stage is pre-contemplation. So this is where you're starting to become aware that there may be something you want to change. Contemplation is you're thinking about making the change. Preparation is where you're, you're, you start putting a plan together to make a change and then you go into action stage in this. All right. And this is where you make the change and then, uh, maintenance where you determine how to sustain the change. Okay. So here's the thing. It is suggested that people that stick to their new year's resolutions are actually at the action stage. This is where you make the change. Isn't that interesting? When they when they make their resolution. While those that fail are not. Okay. So isn't that interesting? So when you make the resolution, you're actually actively making the change. And your resolution is more like, you know, working on sustaining the change. So the next, so I, I think this just, I, I want to actually like sit with this for a second, right? Like making connections to even the first reason, which is the changes are too big. 
thinking through, okay, if our changes are too big and we're going from like, oh, I want a resolution, I want to drink less, right? Maybe drink less wine or, or, or eat healthier foods. If we are not actively already eating the healthy foods, right? Some of the research says you're not going to maintain that change. I just find that interesting. Readiness for change. And I would love you to reflect on how, where in in this model of the stages, pre-contemplation, contemplation, preparation, action, and maintenance, where do your teachers lie in terms of their readiness for change? That is not a conversation that happens often. Happens often, right? When we think about change and causing change in a classroom, we often just go for it, right? But it's like, what stage are they at? Okay. The next reason why New Year's resolutions are not most often not kept is we oversimplify the change. So it may sound easy on paper, but it may not either work in reality or it may not be nearly as easy to do in reality. One of the things we don't often take into account, there's a couple of things we don't take into account. One is when we're setting a goal, we often don't take into account what else it impacts. For example, if I say, okay, I want to you know, lose 15 pounds. I'm using weight loss a lot because it's a pretty simple one and it's often, it's a very common New Year's resolution. If I say I want to lose 15 pounds, I know I need to be exercising and eating healthy. And there's, there can be impact to that, right? I, I will have to change some behaviors. Maybe I go out to Taco Tuesday with my girlfriends on Tuesdays, right? Well, eating healthy might impact that. So really looking at what are the ripple effects of this change I want to make and are they sustainable? Is the change sustainable? Do I need to inform other people or do I need to actually actively change things in my life? And the other piece of this when we oversimplify the change is we don't anticipate and expect the obstacles. I'm going to share after all the share all the reasons. I'll share some solutions to these. But right now, I just want you to with we don't actively identify and expect the obstacles. So really important. Thinking through classroom change when I'm coaching a teacher to change something in their classroom. If we're oversimplifying the change, we want to think through. What is the impact on the teacher of that change, right? Are there ripple effects? And have we expected, anticipated the obstacles to them making that change? Really powerful to do that. The next reason why we do not sustain our New Year's resolutions is we don't take into account our environment. Environment makes a big impact our physical environment makes a really big impact on whether we sustain this chain. So if I say, oh, I'm going to cut out sugar for the new year, but if I'm married and my, my spouse still keeps their cookies and their cakes, right, in the cupboard, in the fridge, that might be very hard for me. So my change might actually impact other people's behavior. I may need to request a change of other people as well, okay? So our physical environment is very important 
to making that change, including creating a habit. So we're going to talk about habits in the second part in terms of like, what do we do? How do we sustain change? So physical environment, thinking through coaching. If we want our teachers to sustain change, there might need to be a physical change in the classroom that helps make the change easier and convenient. Okay. And that's actually some facets of creating habits. We'll talk about it a little bit. Uh, I'm getting ahead of myself. I get very excited about this stuff. The next piece is, and another reason is we're, this is so powerful. We're not connected to our future self. This is kind of wild, but research around strongly linked to willpower and self-control is how related we are to our future self. Stay with me here. So I know you're you're like, I don't don't know, who's this future self? So here you are, you're in your present self, your now self. My now self wants to eat a cookie. (laughs) My future self will, my self tomorrow will gain weight if I eat all this dessert. So the more we get connected to our future self, the self that will be impacted by our behavior now, the more willing we are to sustain change and even resist temptation to kind of return to our old ways as well. Kelly McGonigal does a lot of research. She has TED Talks around this. Highly, highly recommend listening to her talk about your future self and relationship to your present self. The last reason why we do not sustain our New Year's resolutions is lack of accountability. Be public about your resolution and also letting people hold you accountable, right? It's not like, oh, I'm not doing that anymore. You know, telling people, telling at least someone that's really going to hold your feet to the fire if you're really committed to creating and sustaining this change. So let's talk about solutions now. How do we sustain our resolutions and how we do we, how do we sustain change in classrooms? A big piece is creating new habits. There's this incredible book um, called Atomic Habits. If you've not read it, definitely read it. There's, there's research around habits, creating habits. And one of the research, one of the pieces of research, research says is you have to start small. Again, it's, it's, it's very sexy to want to make this big overhaul change, but that's not actually what causes change to be sustained. We want to start small with tiny tweaks and micro movements. And we need to, when we're creating new habits, we need to make it easy and convenient. For example, if I say I want to work out three times a week, I can put my tennis shoes by the door. And when I'm, when I'm ready to go, I can just slip on my shoes and off I go. I can put them in my work bag and take my shoes to work with me. I can make, I can meal prep if I'm wanting to change the way I eat. Another piece, this is really cool. It's called habit stacking when we are creating new habits. Another term I heard recently besides habit stacking is also motivation pairing. Same thing. So what this is, is when you take an already established habit and you connect another habit to it. So some examples of things I've done in my life is I've connected drinking coffee with meditation. I call it Java meditation. So I definitely, no matter what, 100% of the time, drink coffee every morning. That is a habit. I don't have to think about it. I don't I don't wonder, oh, am I going to drink coffee today? I'm definitely doing it. And so what I, what I did was, oh, okay, if I'm going to drink coffee every day, I'm going to sit quietly. I'm going to close my eyes. I'm going to focus on my breathing. So I've connected those two. I know a friend of mine, he, when he's brushing his teeth, he says, he says, um, his like positive mantras every day. So 
So he's brushing his teeth. He's looking his, his, his self in the mirror and he has it like posted on his mirror and he says his mantras to himself every day. So that's an example of habit stacking. Really powerful. Another piece I, I talked about in the need to anticipate uh, obstacles as, as sustaining change. There is a model called WOOP, stands for Wish, Outcome, Obstacle, and Plan. The, the thing about WOOP, it's a goal-setting tool, and it's over 20 years of scientific research. And what it is, your wish would be your resolution or a goal in the classroom. You then go through the outcome, and you visualize what, what would the outcome be. And you really, you know, go, you visualize it. You're in that moment when you've achieved that goal. And then you name all the obstacles to achieving that goal. And then you make a plan to overcome those obstacles. What cool is that? Look up WOOP, W-O-O-P. Another support for you to keep your New Year's resolutions is create a timeline for the entire year, almost backwards planning of your New Year's resolution and set small milestones leading up to it. Don't just set out to lose those 30 pounds. Really create a timeline for what it's going to look like small chunk by small chunk. Another, this is surprising and often this is not as like attractive as those big goals, but Finding something that's working and tweaking it or improving it would strongly increase your likelihood of sustaining, achieving your resolution. So instead of saying, I want to get more exercise, that's not small, getting more exercise. Eating healthier is not small. So you could swap out, get more exercise to walk a third more than I usually do. Or take the stairs each morning to get to my office, not the elevator. Can you hear the difference? It's concrete. So thinking through, I'd love you to map those solutions to sustaining change onto your coaching as well. Use it for yourself. Always do the work first and bring it into your coaching and leading. How can we empower our educators to create new habits and thrive in, be really bought in to the change that they're creating in their classroom? So I hope you have a fabulous new year. And until next time, just remember, don't treat people the way you want to be treated. Treat them how they want to be treated. Take care. Take care.